The Daily Tap is live. For Monday, we will talk about the Milwaukee Bucks missing a golden opportunity. We'll also wonder if dynasties in the NBA are dead. And then we will look at the similarities between the Suns and the Bucks. Um, definitely something to pay attention to. What's next for Wisconsin sports fans? And maybe if I have time, which I doubt I will, but I will tell you a little bit about why Learn my lesson that I can never be on skates. So we'll do that all today. Huge show. Uh, make sure you're following us along on social media, tapping the keg on Twitter, tapping the keg sports, Instagram, and TikTok. We're going to pick those things back up now that I'm back from vacation. So I hope we'll we'll do that. Um, also, Facebook, tapping the keg sports. Pay attention there because I will be writing a little bit more, trying to get back into writing. We talked about it last week or two weeks ago um, when I was uh, before I left for Mexico. So yes, we're trying to get back into the writing thing, I guess, and we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm like kind of nervous, like I, I'm like I have no idea where to start. I feel like a kid going back to school, but yes, that's definitely happening. So look forward to that. Um, make sure you're rating and reviewing. If you're already subscribed, we appreciate you. Um, make sure you're telling your friends. I know this is kind of gonna get to the lean part of the year. We have nothing to talk about besides the Brewers. Packers offseason, uh, any sort of Bucks drama, uh, but seriously stick with us. Um, this could be some fun stuff. We're going to definitely do some things differently. This is a good time to hop on, get yourself ready before the Packers season. All right, let's chat about the Milwaukee Bucks and their golden opportunity that was missed. The Milwaukee Bucks did not win. They are done. It is crazy to think about the Milwaukee Bucks exiting in round two after a Game 7 loss to the Boston Celtics, 109-81. to It was not the fight that I think a lot of us expected from the Milwaukee Bucks. They were punched in the mouth, really, uh, starting in the second quarter. The Bucks had led 37-32. to uh, Things were looking good. Uh, the Bucks were playing pretty good basketball at that point. It seemed like they were the ones sort of being the puncher versus the punchee. But then the Celtics punched right back. And the Celtics started to get hot from three. And they started to feel themselves. And all of a sudden, they started to feel comfortable at their home gym. And then the ridiculous Marcus Smart call that basically turned the tide of this game. I'm not here to complain about officials and say the officials were the reason why the Bucks lost. They got beat by fucking 20 points. Or th- almost 30 points. Excuse me, not 20 points. Good math there, asshole. They got absolutely demolished, all right? So the refs did not necessarily play a part in that. The three-point discrepancy played a larger part than anything else. But the fact of the matter is, is those three points changed the entire tenor of the second half. If Marcus Smart doesn't get those three free throws, the Bucks are trailing by two. When the Celtics get hot to start the third quarter, the Celtics are only up by nine points. They're not up by 12. And then... But where it really boils down to is the Milwaukee Bucks could not do anything after Jason Tatum got his fourth foul. The Bucks had sim- simply ran out of gas. And so maybe even though I said they missed the golden opportunity, which they did and we'll talk about, it might have not even been there for the Bucks, even with Chris Middleton. The Milwaukee Bucks desperately mi- needed Chris Middleton tonight. They needed Chris Middleton this entire series. Even in the wins, there were night, there were game times and points of the game where you're like, Chris Middleton would be so so important and so vital for what the Bucks need to do. The spacing, the opportunities for Giannis, the pick and roll stuff that Giannis and Middleton were worked to a T 
in last year's postseason and what brought the Bucks their first championship since 1971. That wasn't there. He tried to do it a little bit with Drew Holiday, and at times it would work. But Holiday being a shorter guard and not necessarily having the same skill set as Middleton limit, limited what the Bucks could do from a PNR perspective. So Giannis didn't have that ability. He didn't have his Robin. He didn't have his homes to Giannis being the Sherlock. He needed that sidekick. That sidekick was desperately needed in this series. And you could feel Middleton's absence as the series grew longer. I am convinced that the Bucks win that sixth game with a healthy Chris Middleton. I'm convinced that it might have even went six games. It might have went five. The Bucks might have been able to finish off Boston in game four while getting out to a lead, and they wouldn't have let all the bullshit happen in the fourth quarter. I don't you know what I mean? Like Chris Middleton was so important to the Milwaukee Bucks, and he was so vital. And so many people have slandered Chris Middleton's name. People have talked about wanting to trade Middleton. And people talk about how Middleton isn't a top 20 player. And the disrespect that Chris Middleton gets put on his name on a night-to-night basis is absolutely garbage. And now Bucks fans see the importance of Chris Middleton. And if any Bucks fan talks about talks negatively about Chris Middleton, they don't understand hoops. They don't understand ball. They don't get it. Because if you watch this series and you don't think Chris Middleton could help, I can't help you. I don't know what you're seeing out there. Chris Middleton could have easily won this series for the Milwaukee Bucks. And we have that, sure. But we won't use that lame excuse. Because guess what? It's sports. It's inju- There are injuries all the fucking time. They happen. The Green Bay Packers would have won a Super Bowl if David Bakhtiari doesn't tear his ACL. I've said it a hundred times. I probably will bring up the Middleton thing a hundred times. But at the end of the day, it's just life. And we have to live with it. It sucks to know that Milwaukee had this great golden opportunity and they missed it. And they absolutely missed it. The door was wide open for the Milwaukee Bucks. The door was there for the Milwaukee Bucks to take their second straight title. Because there are really no good teams left in the playoffs. And you, you think, Charlie, that's disrespectful that's condescending i mean it each one of them have their own type of flaws right the miami heat can't handle an actual big man the miami heat are all about three-point variants which is very ironic considering what happened with this series the boston celtics while they have tatum and brown they they get frustrated easily they get under their skin they they can't necessarily seem to control their emotions They also rely on a lot of role players stepping up on a night-to-night basis. Are they really going to get 25 from Grant Williams again? Is Al Horford going to keep up sort of the spirited energy that he has right now? Or is he going to wear down because he's an old man? Is Marcus Smart going to get himself hurt like a fucking soccer player because he keeps flopping everywhere? Like what, you know, I mean, there are issues with Boston. Then on the other side of the bracket, Golden State doesn't have a big man. How are they going to handle that when they face off against a team like Miami? How would they even deal with Bam Adebayo? I have zero idea. Now, you could argue there's not a lot of big men left, but so be it. Yes, Dallas has Luka, but it's the same conversation with Dallas. Who, or I'm sorry, Boston, who are you going to have step up besides Luka? Can Luka carry you all the way to the finals? He might be able to. It might be his LeBron moment. It might be his Giannis moment. 
and there's some weird bird magic stuff going on with Luca and Giannis, if you think about it. And so maybe that that all supersedes it, and it becomes a moment for Luka Doncic. And he sort of reaches his own personal apex of the best players in the league, and people talk about him that way. That's very possible. That's all very possible. But the Milwaukee Bucks could have beat the Miami Heat. I don't know if they could do it without Middleton, but they could have easily beat the Heat. They can beat Dallas. They can beat Golden State in a series. This was right there for the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, are they going to be disappointed? Are they going to have their heads held low? Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some of that, but you hear Giannis Antetokounmpo and say, hey, can we grow from this? We can, you know, this can be a learning experience and all the things that you really want to hear. But Giannis is exactly right. I don't want to hear anything about a window. I don't want to hear about your missing prime years of Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo is 27 years old. If you look at the histories of guys named Michael Jordan and LeBron James, their best years were from 27 to 34. The It is just beginning for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo plays in a much more difficult league than Jordan or LeBron. And we'll get to that in a little bit with the dynasty conversation. But Giannis Antetokounmpo has a long way to go. I would not be worried about his window. If you hear anybody talk about windows and that his his window is closing. They don't know fucking basketball, okay? So just understand that. And understand that Giannis Antetokounmpo has a long way to go here. This is not over by a long shot. And he's going to get a chance, and he's going to come back with a little bit more in his game. I think his finishing has to get better around the rim when it comes to layups. Like, he can't be missing bunnies after bunnies. That will get better, I promise you. His shot will get a little bit better. He'll get a little bit better at shooting threes. He'll think about those moments. He'll know when to to push the ball, when to not push the ball. I think those are all different things that Giannis can improve next season on. And I'm sure there's other things that I'm clearly missing. Obviously, free throws might be another one. But Giannis is so great at making free throws in Game 6 and Game 7 when I think he's like truly focused on every point mattering. So he needs to kind of get that mentality for games one, two, three, and four, right? But yes, I don't necessarily think there's any conversation needed to be had about the window, even though I know the NBA East is not going away. No matter what happens in Celtics and Heat, you're going to have the Boston Celtics there next year and the years after. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are one of the best duos in basketball. They are just getting better Year in, year out, there will be a lot of hype for Jason Tatum to be the MVP next year. There will be a mega push this summer to get Jason Tatum into superstardom. I promise you that. He is a Boston athlete. They love to promote that. The Celtics are one of the most public teams, not only in basketball, but in all of sports. Tatum will get a massive push this summer and then into the next season. Believe that. And probably for good reason. Like, look, what Jason Tatum did in game six was incredible, all right? What he did in game seven, I thought he had moments and I was scared every time he touched the ball. The last guy I was scared about that was Kevin Durant, all right? I didn't think about that with Devin Booker. I really didn't think about that with Chris Paul, honestly. The last guy I felt that way was Kevin Durant. And so all the jokes about top five Tatum that I made to Mitch might have came back to bite me in the ass. I don't know if Jason Tatum's top five, all right? I really don't. But I do think Jason Tatum has a bright, bright future. And like I said, 
he is not going away anytime soon when it comes to what the Milwaukee Bucks have to do to win a championship. That is going to be something that is in the way. That is going to be something that sort of gets gets sort of there. Will be a matchup and a rivalry that is going to be something the Bucks have to think about every year out. At some point, I think Philadelphia is going to figure their shit out. I don't know. They have Embiid. It's terrifying. I think Embiid's going to have a moment like Luka's having right now, like Giannis had in 2021, and I really think had in 2019, honestly. You could argue right now what Luka's doing is similar to Giannis in 2019 if you wanted to get really technical with it, but there are some who might think this is his Giannis moment of last year. Embiid hasn't had that. At some point, Embiid's going to. I hope that's not the case. I hope Philly's dysfunctional. I hope when Embiid has that moment, he's traded to Golden State or something like that, and all of a sudden Embiid's on the other side of the bracket. That would be fucking fantastic. I would love that, but I highly doubt that will happen. But at some point, Embiid's going to figure it all out. He's just too good not to. And then you have the Brooklyn Nets, okay? I don't know what the Nets are going to do, but they have Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant still has something in him. He needs to get some young legs with him, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to discount the Nets for the future of the Eastern Conference. And then you have the Miami Heat, who always seem to retool, redevelop, and become sort of a juggernaut and a team that always sort of hangs around. So the East is not getting any weaker. And so when I look at this, and I look at this bracket, and I just think, God damn it, this was, the, this was a year to win the title. The Bucs were the best team. I think I said it on a podcast with Mitch about championships are hard. And I, I, I stand by that. I, I love to say it because I think fans need to hear it. That championships are fucking hard. I usually use the F-bomb in there. Sorry to the kids in the car. But probably that's out the window as I've been swearing. I, you know, whatever. I don't know. You sh- people, Someone should let me know how many kids listen to me because I, there are some podcasts that are just unhinged with the F-bombs. But... Either way, that would that would be good to know. Regardless, though, the East isn't getting any weaker. All right, it's not it's not just going to suddenly open up for Giannis and he's going to have a run like LeBron did or like Jordan did. The, those guys did not face an Eastern Conference like Giannis is going to go up for the next five to ten years. All right, and the West the West will get better. I think the West is probably what the Eastern Conference used to be. The West is up for the taking. You could argue that John Morant could have the Western Conference by the balls in a couple of years. But John Morant has to get more mature. John Morant is not ready to be a primetime player like Giannis Antetokounmpo or like Luka Doncic. And it could be Luka's. could be Luka's West, I guess. If we're really thinking about it, it could be Luka's West. It could be the moment for Luka Doncic this year. could be the intro to the start of the rise of Luka. And you could have a international burden magic thing with Giannis versus Luka. That is a real thing that I think is on the precipice of happening. I, I really do. Maybe it's because I watched a ton of waiting time in the last week. But it's it's kind of weird, right? Magic and the Lakers win in 1980. Now it's Magic's rookie year, so it's a little different. But work with me here. Magic wins the title in 1980. He gets the title. He gets the accolades. Bird won Rookie of the Year, and who knows, you know, why, what, why it was Bird over Magic, if it was a race thing, whatever, whatever it may be, right? Boston wins all of sort of the title. They won Coach of the Year. I think they were the best team in the league. 
But I think as Jerry Buss says in winning time, like you guys don't have the, the, the actual title. I'll let you guys have those second place titles, I think is what he says in, in winning time. You might have to fact check me on that. But then in 81, spoiler alert, the Boston Celtics win the title. They don't win it over the Lakers. The Lakers don't get in there. The Rockets, who are under 500, if you imagine that headline on first take, the Rockets, who are under 500, get to the finals, and the Boston Celtics win it in six games. And Larry Bird gets his first title. And then Larry Bird has his first title. And there it goes. You can't tell me that there's a little bit of that with Giannis and Luka potentially brewing. And maybe we'll get Giannis and Luka. But as I've done in another show, it's really hard to kind of get those matchups. We never got LeBron Giannis. We never got Kobe LeBron. We should have had it, but LeBron pissed on his shoes in 2009 and we didn't get it. All right? So it, there's those opportunities don't always happen. But yes, there is going to be a lot left on the table for Antetokounmpo. And so even though the East is going to get harder, I, we have the best player in the league. Everybody's acknowledged it by now. And that's fucking great. And Giannis's legacy grew immensely in this series. The guy had 200 points, 100 rebounds, 50 assists. I mean, it was plus that. It wasn't just that those hard round numbers. But he's the first guy to do that. That's incredible. That is otherworldly shit. Giannis has cemented himself as the best player in the game. Now, I know Jeff Goodman, who I like. I probably I said something rude to Goodman, which I, I shouldn't have done. But Goodman goes, like, who has a more complete game than Jason Tatum? And it was just typical Boston hormonism, the Boston media machine at its finest. And I'm like, you know, it, it, it's we don't always have to do this. Giannis is the best player in basketball right now. He's, he might not be able to win the title all the time, but Giannis is the best one. And if he had Chris Middleton... He'd be in the Eastern Conference Finals already. We wouldn't have had a Game 7 today. But because Middleton wasn't there, the Bucs weren't able to do it. And even if the Bucs advanced, I was sitting on this take. I didn't want to talk about it. But I was really concerned about the series with the Heat. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't think the Heat were that good. I looked at the the Heat Sixers series, and it seemed like I was watching a different sport when those two teams played compared to what I watched with the Celtics and the Bucs. But at the same time, I, I do wonder if there is a level of exhaustion going on with both the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks. Like, I probably will wager heavily on Miami Heat in Game 1. And it won't be like a revenge thing or, or anything like that. I just think there has to be some exhaustion setting in. This was an absolute slobber knocker. And what was fortunate for the Bucks after their slobber knocker series, after what I thought was the NBA Finals last year between the Nets and the Bucks was they got lucky and they got Atlanta. And they were able to play Atlanta instead of playing against the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, do I think they would have beat the Sixers? Yes, I do. But that would have been another physical series that would have taken toll on Giannis Antetokounmpo. Instead, you got to play a, six, a Hawks team that wasn't ready for that moment. Yeah, they win game one. Everybody's going crazy. Can the Hawks do this? And then Giannis goes down injured, and the Bucs still found a way to get to the championship without Antetokounmpo for game six, game five and six. And they did it pretty convincingly. And again, they did that because of Chris Middleton. And Brooke Lopez, yes, helped them out. And we have a long, long offseason talk about the rest of the Bucs and what they need to do. But I did wonder if the 
getting beat up for seven games against Boston, and then you get beat up at least for four games against Miami, but probably more, and that would probably be a long series too, would just basically exhaust you by the end, and you have nothing left for the finals. And so no matter who you play, you just are a complete waste of dust, and that team beats you. At some point, your energy has to run out. We're all human. You saw it with Antetokounmpo even, who I thought was an alien, right? I didn't think he could get tired, but Giannis did. He looked exhausted out there. And that makes me wonder a little bit more about the Bucks and Suns. So I know I said it was going to do the Dynasty, but we're going to kind of flip this. So I apologize for the open. You're going to be like, where's the Dynasty talk? Sorry, we'll do that. We'll do that after. So the Suns also got their asses kicked tonight. I'm not going to lie, it felt good. Felt good to watch the Suns get their shit shoved in by the Dallas Mavericks. I think the Chris Paul media fellation that goes on is ridiculous. Chris Paul should not get the love that he gets from this media. He is the modern day John Elway. It is fucking annoying to hear all the love Chris Paul gets. And he is one of the dirtiest players that has ever been been in the league. And... Chris Paul, to me, always seems to have an excuse ready. He faked an injury. He doesn't deserve a title. Jeremy Lin was like, I hope Chris Paul gets a title. He deserves one. And Pat Beverly's like, why does he deserve one? Pat Beverly's right. Why does Chris Paul deserve one? So seeing them get their shit shoved in was relatively enjoyable. But it also made me think. As I was seeing the box score, as I'm seeing the Suns down 30 at halftime, it made me wonder... If the Bucks and Suns just simply played too much basketball. Think about this for a second. The Bucks and Suns played a full sprint of a season, a shortened pandemic season, that they played until July. Then some of their best players, Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, get on a plane to Tokyo and go play in the Olympics for two weeks. They win a gold medal. It is a great double for Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. Then they play a full 82-game season. Now, granted, Booker missed some time. Middleton, I think, missed a little time. Holiday missed, whatever. But they, they play basically a full season. Now they've played 90-ish, a little bit, actually, more than that. They've played around 95, almost 100 games of basketball this season. There has to be a point where you it just takes, there's too many minutes. And it just takes a toll on you. And you absolutely wear down. And so I part of me wonders, even though I stand by that the Milwaukee Bucks missed a great shot at going back-to-back and that they're going to look back on this. I don't know how the East will shape out. You never know, right? NBA is very unpredictable. It could look entirely different. Bradley Beal could be on the fucking Sixers or Bradley Beal could be on the Nets or you know someone else, Dame Lillard, could end up coming to the East. Who knows, right? You have no idea. But right now, I look at it and say, yes, it was a golden opportunity. But I also look at it and say, god damn, maybe the Bucks and Suns just were, ran out of gas. And maybe they just completely were exhausted. And that last push by the Bucks, that game five was sort of the last dance, if you will, for this version of the Bucks. That they had one more in them. That they weren't going to go down without a fight. They went down... And did that, and then it kind of spent all their energy, and they weren't able to get off the mat for game six. And then by game seven, they had a little bit of fight, and then it all kind of went to shit. 
at least for the Bucks' sake, they were able to fight for a quarter and a half before it got really out of hand. Really, actually, the first half. I, was, I would definitely say the first half. Second half, complete clusterfuck. For the Suns, it was a clusterfuck from the absolute start. And there will be a lot of which loss is worse. It is 100% the Suns. They were at home. They were down 30 at halftime. DeAndre Ayton only played 17 minutes. He didn't play in the fourth quarter. Monty Williams said it was an internal thing, and it was, like, very aggressive. So, like, I think there's a lot more wrong with what's going on with the Suns versus the Bucks. Chris Paul, again, failed to deliver. And how many more times? And Chris Paul might be the Carl Malone of our generation or the Charles Barkley of our generation where he is not going to be able to get that ring. He might try a couple more times, but the Suns are now in a very precarious spot. What do they do? They have a very expensive offseason with a very cheap owner. Yes, the Bucks have things to worry about, so I, I'm not going to necessarily do a whole breakdown. Not fucking Bobby Marks here, okay? But I also am going to look at this and say, I'd rather be the Bucks right now. And yes, there there is a similarity to their exits and a real real thought of maybe they just did not have enough and they fell a little bit short because of all the basketball played in the last two years. And so maybe when we can reset, have a full summer, and get sort of healthy, get get ourselves where we need to be, maybe the Bucks come out bigger and better than ever. As for the talk about dynasties. Now, dynasties are a very popular topic in the NBA, probably more than any other sport. Hockey, I think, had some dynasties throughout the years. Um, I think baseball's had their occasional dynasty. Football, there is no dynasty. We talk all the time about the parody of the NFL. But do we need to start talking about the parody of the NBA? There will be a new champion if the Warriors do not win. I should caveat. If the Warriors do not win, there will be a new champion for the fifth straight year. Now, if Golden State wins, they will win their second title in five years. But regardless, they would still have four years of new champions. And then it resets, and then you have another champion like the Warriors. And you look at this, and this is unlike most of the NBA's history. There were always a couple teams, and that was it. Whether it was the Cleveland Cavaliers, Golden State Warriors saga... Whether it was the San Antonio Spurs always popping up like a groundhog. Whether it was the Miami Heat during the LeBron years. Whether it was the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls. Whether it was Hakeem Olajuwon and his two titles. There weren't just those random wins. Dallas is really the only one that exists, which is crazy to think about. If you really look from the 80s on, it was about four or five teams Got a little bit wider, but it was not that many teams that ruled different decades. Who ruled the 80s? It was the Celtics, the Lakers, the Pistons, and the Sixers. And that was it. That was the only teams that ruled. In the 90s, it was the Bulls and it was the Rockets. And that's it. In the 2000s, it was the Lakers and it was the Spurs with a dash of the Pistons. It's crazy to think about it this way and think about this whole way we looked at the NBA doesn't exist anymore. We grew up debating about these dynasties. We grew up talking about these players. 
And now we have to kind of retrain our brain because these dynasties do not exist anymore. In a lot of ways, we're looking like the 70s, which is really interesting to think about because the 70s are not a time in basketball that people look back fondly on. Those are the dark days of the NBA. It was the days of the NBA with a ton of cocaine use. It was the days of the NBA where there wasn't a lot necessarily going right for the league. I think they were at tape delaying NBA Finals games in some of those years. The NBA did not have a voice in the sports stratosphere. At that point, people just cared about baseball and a little bit of football and the popularity of basketball was at an all-time low. So should this worry the league? Absolutely not. The league couldn't be in a better place. This is a great thing for the league. In a weird way, the league was in a no-win or no-lose, excuse me, situation with the Bucks and Celtics. You win, it's Giannis's legacy. We keep building the story arc of Giannis. We have a Disney movie coming out in right after the NBA Finals. We can sell the living fuck out of Giannis Antetokounmpo for the entire summer and keep building his sort of audience to the casual fan. The fan who doesn't can't pronounce his last name, who knows of Giannis, but they can't pronounce Antetokounmpo. Those fans are still out there, right? They're still there to be captured. People, those people know about LeBron and Steph Curry, and that's probably it. And yet they're trying to get Giannis to that level. But so now Giannis is out. Well, we have the Boston Celtics. We have Jason Tatum. Oh, yeah, we have this guy, Luka Doncic. You know him? Oh, what about your guy, Steph Curry? Steph Curry still drives a needle. A Celtics-Warriors finals will do massive for a ratings. Even if it's Celtics-Dallas, that's going to be a massive rating. I don't know how the Heat will do from a ratings perspective, but if the Warriors involved again, I think your ratings go through the roof. It'd be kind of ironic to get Mavs Heat round three, right? The Mavs, the Heat won one, the Mavs won run, the rubber match all years later, right? That would be kind of fun. I don't know how it does ratings wise, but again, you have the Luka moment in that. You have the moment of maybe Tyler Harrow becoming this folk hero, if you will, or you have Bam Adebayo finally having this moment, or Jimmy Butler finally getting a title and maybe getting the respect that he finally feels like he deserves. The league is in such a good spot. So even though it's like the 70s where the dynasty is dead and the dynasty doesn't exist, there still can be a ton of good stories out of this. And if you look back at the 70s, what's really interesting is only two teams won multiple titles in the 70s, starting in 1970, 1970, actually. It was the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics. They both won two titles. Then you had the Bucks win a title, you had the Lakers win a title, you had the Warriors win a title, you had the Trailblazers win a title, and you had the Seattle Supersonics win a title. I think that's where we're going. I think there is more of that possibility in the NBA that there is a three-year run where... A t- team wins like two and three or three and four. I find that hard to believe that that will happen. But if people, you know, go with the thesis that the Bucks are the San Antonio Spurs, the Bucks will win another title next year. Which is real. What's really interesting about San Antonio, and I've mentioned this before on a podcast or two, 
But San Antonio never won back-to-back titles. Do you realize that? San Antonio never won back-to-back titles. Say that again. They only got back to the finals in consecutive years, I think, in those last two with the Miami series, where they lose to Miami in seven in a heartbreaking, the Ray Allen shot, the whole thing. They come back with an absolute vengeance the following year, and they win the title. But I'm almost positive. You can look at the, look this up and fact check me if you want. But yeah, the Spurs always had something, you know. They one year down, next year back up. So that could be your encouraging hope for the Bucks, and maybe defy my take that dynasties no longer exist in the NBA. But we'll see. I'll be very curious to see what happens as we go on. Um, because there's a lot of sort of storylines that can be written with all four of these teams. Okay, so we have what's next for Wisconsin sports fans, and then we'll do a little bit of rollerblading to ride out, talk about my the weekend that was for, for me, which I think you'll appreciate, uh, as a little bit of comic relief to end the show. Wisconsin sports fans have... The Milwaukee Brewers, they're playing well. We're going to do a Brewer sort of refresher maybe tomorrow or or Tuesday. I don't know yet. Um, it'll probably depend on when Mitch can do a podcast. Cause I want to do like an off-season pod with Mitch, sort of just a complete sort of eulogy of this season as well as look ahead to next season and see you know what moves have to be made. I, that's kind of what I want to do with Mitch. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, so that will definitely be on on our radar. But yeah, I want to do a whole thing. If you've not gotten into Brewer baseball, this is the time. They have a good series against the Braves. They're at home this week. The weather's okay. Maybe the roof will be open tomorrow. Go out and see the Brewers, man. You got Brewers, Brewers Braves. You got Brewers Nationals. Uh, you know the Brewers are fired up. The Bucks missed the playoffs. Like, the Brewers don't have to lie to me. Like, I, I know the Brewers are the happiest bunch of assholes in this city because they now kind of get to be the team. They were really looking at maybe a June before June not having everybody be all in on Brewers baseball. And if the Bucks were to win the title, it might not even be for, till July before people start caring about baseball. Brewers attendance numbers are down so far this season. Now, I haven't really played a ton of home games, and the weather's kind of fucked them just because it's been nasty. No one wants to tailgate, all this other shit. But yeah, they now become the team. And you know Rick Schlesinger sending a text message to a couple of the guys on a group chat being like, this is great. We're now going to be the bell of the ball. So yeah, go check out Brewer Baseball if you want to. Um, their big series against the Padres next week. Um, that's on the road. But still, that will be definitely one to get into. Um, we'll definitely do a whole deep dive on the team. They're a fun team. They're fun to watch. ton of great pitching. You probably know that. But if you don't, good pitching, good hitting. Hitting's kind of come up to life in this in this month, so that's been good good to see. Then you also have the Green Bay Packers offseason. I want to do a schedule pod at some point. Um, I missed that. I was going to do like a predicting the schedule, and then the schedule was just a complete clusterfuck. Hated how they did it, um, but we'll do probably do a schedule pod this week. I mean, right now that's kind of all you have. Um, there'll be little things coming out, maybe some moves made after June 1st. Remember. That is a day where pe- veterans get cut, so maybe there's an opportunity for the Packers to pick somebody up. Potentially still look at a wide receiver, Odell Beckham, Julio Jones is out there. I don't think they're going to look at either of those guys, but you never know. Um, I'm happy Jarvis Landry went back to New Orleans. By the way, New Orleans bringing back are taking Jarvis Landry as well as Tyron Matthew, both New Orleans residents. 
that's usually a clear sign you're going to go about nine and eight this season. It's a Herb Cole special. I've seen it once. I've seen it a million times. So that's basically telling your fan base, we want to get you excited, but we're probably going to suck. And then Drew Brees might come back. I don't know. Whatever. I have no idea what New Orleans is doing. And I don't know if there'll be any Bucks drama. We'll see. Maybe there will be. I, I I doubt it, right? I don't expect the Bucks to have any drama. But who knows, right? I know there are some people who want to fire Mike Boonholzer. Um, I think that's ridiculous. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll, I'm going to kind of see what the takes are uh, tomorrow before planning my show. Uh, I definitely want to... Usually my Monday or Tuesday shows, are, especially when there's a bad loss, is reacting to the takes. Because their takes are hot. They're going to be spicy. We'll see who has the spiciest take tomorrow. Um, I will be on the lookout. Please make sure you tweet me when you see a spicy take. Tab in the keg. Um, I would appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't expect any Bucks drama. But you never you never know. Um, football season for Badgers are right around the corner. So you have that this summer to kind of look forward to. I don't know how you kind of get fired up about college football in May or June. People do, um, but that's usually, usually I kind of put that on the back burner. Marquette basketball, who knows what the full roster will look like with the transfer board and all that shit. Um, and for those who are Badger basketball fans, not me, uh, but maybe you'll have that too. Maybe the Badger will actually get a transfer. I don't know. Uh, it seems to be a little bit of an issue right now for for that squad, but that's here nor there. Um, so yeah, not a ton, but we, you know, summer in Wisconsin, it's, it's great. Uh, it's been great weather for the last few days. Um, we know what happened on Friday. Um, we don't need to go back into that. We did that on uh, Saturday's show, if you're curious. Um, obviously, it was an embarrassing moment for Milwaukee, but let's hope that that is the rock bottom of it all and that we just rise from there. I say that, you know, fingers crossed and willing and hoping that that's, that's what it is versus a summer of just complete chaos because that's not what I want, and I hope that's not... My last summer here in Milwaukee um, is I'm hoping to move out to the suburbs, but the housing market absolutely fucking sucks. As for Chuck's Corner, we'll wrap up the show with that. Um, we will move on there. Uh, for those unfamiliar with Chuck's Corner, if you're new to the program, it is sort of the time where we take a step back from sports and we just talk about something else. Usually something going on in my life. Sometimes the other topics that aren't really sports adjacent, but I just want to talk about, shoot the shit with you guys. I see this as a way to make you guys relate to me and know I'm not a fucking robot. I'm not just always going to talk about sports. So I went rollerblading on Saturday. Um, you're like, Charlie, uh, why would you go rollerblading? Are you a some sort of skater that we don't know about? Absolutely not, guys. I, I fucking suck at skating, all right? I've, I've only ice skated, I think, two or three times. The last time I was on skates was actually ice skates. I was at Ebel Ice Center. Um, I was in Toso Rec. Um, and I told my buddy Doze, I was like, I, dude, I can't fucking skate. And Doze, being a former hockey player, was like, God, oh, dude, whatever. Like, you can figure it out. Like, you'll be all right. And God damn, was I bad. It was embarrassing. I, I, I was watching a bunch of kids at the time. They were laughing as I was going by. I was like grabbing the wall. Basically, I got myself, I think I fell, I can't really remember, it was a long, long time ago now, probably 13 years. It's been a long ass time since I've got on, to, I get on, got on the skates again. My my sister-in-law, I guess would be the best way to call it, uh, it was her birthday, it's 23rd birthday. She's like, all right, we're going to go to the skate park, some jank ass place in West Dallas. It's called Incredible. I, dude, I'm not kidding you. 
this thing has not been updated since the 90s. This thing is an absolute beaut. And when I say beaut, I do not mean it's actually beauty. It is fucking disgusting in there. It is like, the TVs look like they're from the 90s. The, the signage, everything has not been updated. Pizza, not bad. Cheese sucked. If I had to give it a review, 5-1 on the cheese. But the pepperoni, sausage, good. So pizza was good. All you can drink pizza, soda, or all you can drink soda and pizza. Did not sell alcohol. Uh, some had shooters. I didn't partake in any of the shooters. Uh, respectable older adult was like, you know what? I don't need to be doing shooters with 23-year-olds. I was like, yeah, probably not a good idea. Didn't necessarily want to get judged by my wife. I was like, all right, you know what? I'll just drink the Diet Coke, my Diet Pepsi. I'll eat my pizza. And I, I went once around. So I didn't, I didn't completely say like, hey, fuck this. I'm not going to do it. And I guess this is the lesson to take away on the Monday. Do not just say you can't do something. Just do it. See what happens. I did it. It was not great. I probably could have got out there again. I probably, if I had a little more confidence in my body, I've been like, all right, let's 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 keep trying this. But I, it was, it was a mess. I, I got off the wall a little bit here and there. But, yeah, man, I, I don't skate. I just don't. And now my wife knows that, which is good. Because, like... I don't think she ever wanted to like go ice skating with me because I've always told her I'm like I'm a fucking awful skater like just go with your friends don't go with me but now she like has seen it so because she's seen it I think it will be a lot more helpful I fell once um wasn't great um but it happens and I made it I think I made it like 75% around before I fell so I was really close and I think if I don't fall do I go around a second time Maybe. I don't know, man. I I just, it, skating is not for me. Some things just aren't for you. That's okay. It's life, right? Sometimes we can do things, sometimes we can't. And one of the things I can't do is skate. Enjoy it. Like I said, it was, uh, it was something else. Would not say that I recommend it to any of you if you're looking to get your skate on. I'm sure you can do better. Um, I know a lot of Tosa residents, Butler Skateland is very popular. Uh, this is in the heart of Dallas on Oklahoma, uh, if, you, if anyone is curious. But I have no idea why you would. Uh, but yeah, maybe your kids, who knows? Um, maybe that's that's more your thing. Take the kids skating, enjoy some pizza, enjoy some soda, uh, and have yourself a Saturday night. All right, that does it for today's show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed this one. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Um, I don't know if we're going to do it with Mitch or not. Um Usually Mitch and I don't get on on Monday, but I feel like with all the buck stuff, should maybe do a post-mortem. Um, but I, and I don't also want to repeat a lot of the stuff we did today. So uh, Mitch and I will definitely get on either Monday or Tuesday. I'm trying to have a guest on. I don't know when. I don't know when. Uh, I got to DM him and talk to him about when, when they want to come on. Uh, there's multiple, so I don't know if I'm going to have all three on. I don't know if I'm just going to have the leader of the, of the group on. Uh, but yeah, I want to talk talk with them, uh, whether it's this week or it's starting next week. So stay tuned for that. So that's what we call tease. Um, yeah, and we're just gonna have fun. Uh, if you guys have any content ideas this week or weeks coming, love to hear it. You can hit me up, tap the keg on Twitter, tap the keg sports on Instagram, and everything like that. And yeah, have a great Monday. Uh, 
We will be back tomorrow, back in the swing of things, and it feels good. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one. Bye.